You're listening to a podcast of Business News Background. A weekly roundup of the big stories here in Western Australia. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. So another edition of uh, Business News Background is upon us. Uh, welcome to uh, yet another look at this week's stories in the West and look at uh, next week's paper as well. With us, uh, Mark Byatt, uh, News Editor of Business News and Mark Panel Head of Content. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, you obviously have uh, got rid of your hangover from the Rising Stars night, uh, Mark Panel. You, you looked to be having a wonderful night uh, the other day. It was a great evening, actually, James. Um, yeah, we had about more than 400 people, the town hall, um, we were turning people away, very popular event that we have. Um, Rising Stars we've been running since 2003, so uh, it's, uh, it's got a bit of continuity about it. Um, we're looking for high growth companies, they tend to be at the smaller end of the spectrum, uh, but they've got to have a track record of growth and they've got to have turnover of at least $2 million a year, so they're not, they're not the tiddlers. Um, and look, we have, uh, as always, a broad spectrum of winners. You know, we've got people from mining services and servicing the oil and gas industry, property, technology, um, you know, all sorts of things, marketing, they're all in there. And I've looked through the winners over the years and there is a, there's a bit of a thread around resources, services, as I call it, both mining and oil and gas. But there's plenty of other winners in there, including, you know, the inaugural winner was Gatecrasher, which was an advertising yeah. agency. Yeah. Um, and this year we did something a little different as well. We had a startup category. So uh, the winner there was Health Engine, um, which, you know, is sort of doing a, it's, it's an aggregating thing. It's trying to be a seek or a realestate.com for, the, uh, for the, the world of GPs and, and medical services. Um, but look, uh, the main winner, uh, well, I'll let Mark talk about that because uh, mm. he, he interviewed um, a former SAS soldier who's uh, now servicing the, the resources sector up up in the north mainly. Yeah, well, Mark, you, you tend to hang out with winners, Danny. That's sort of the rule that you make. T- tell us about the, the winner overall because in, in many ways they were all you know outstanding uh, candidates. Yeah, well, look, each year we name 10 rising stars, uh, but the one that came out on top is a business called Executive Risk Solutions. Um, so uh, Scott Houston set this up with his wife Fiona, um, ex-SAS. Um, it's all about providing um, emergency response and security services for the mining industry. Um, and uh, he's done particularly well. Um, a big break for him came with the Roy Hill project, um, where he's looking after all the, uh, the risk management for that project. Um, but look, it's a great story about um, you know, a really determined guy. He'd done a, a bit of work on a salaried basis when he came out of the SAS, but like a lot of these people, he really wanted to run his own business. Um, he was really determined, um, you know, had some setbacks along the way. Uh, one thing that really stood out was that he had a really good recognition of the strengths and weaknesses of his business. Yeah. You know, like everyone, he had some lucky breaks along the way, he had some good fortune, um, but he also was realistic about where his business sat in the scheme of things. And he's doing a lot of things now to set himself up for longer term growth, um, about putting in people, putting in place systems. So there's a lot of lessons there for other businesses um, who will be aspiring to achieve the same sort of growth. Mm. Um, You've got to win the contracts with key customers, but you've got to set yourself up for long term. And a great character as well. Uh, You go into his office and he's got the most uh, sensational chair 
It's an ejector seat from a B-52 bomber. Perfect. <laughs> so, so when you've done your time, you get ejected. That's right. Nice. <laughs> you witnessed it, did you? I w- <laughs> Too many boring questions. Get him out. <laughs> and obviously, it's, it's, it's good when you when you see some of these rising stars that, you know, when there's a bit of doom around, people will see and there's nothing coming through. But, but quite clearly, there is a lot of... Uh, I don't know, maybe innovation here in West, the West as we've always known, and things aren't as bad as maybe people paint. Yeah, look, these, these are the people who found opportunities. Um, you know, and some of them are in mainstream areas, so the people who are doing contracting for the big projects, um, and there are still some uh, you know, really good winners in that area who um, are doing very nicely. Um, but, you know, gee whiz, that's a very competitive space. Mm. So for these handful of people that are achieving outstanding growth, you know, it's not just being in the middle of a boom state, it's their ability to compete against you know, what are often bigger, more established competitors. Well, there's a big feature, obviously, in the paper coming out on Monday, looking at uh, those winners. So if you want to read more about them, then by all means, you will be able to do that. Uh, let's turn our attention to another story for this week. Uh, and, the, and the future of retail in particular, we, we, we often touch on this subject of retail. It's an interesting sort of barometer of how the, how the land lies. But Zara, international uh, company, now looking to open up in Buragoon. Also, we've got the King Square development coming on. Mark Panner, what's it tell us when we, we see, again, sort of a little bit of uh, bubbling up in the sort of the, the retail world? world oh you know it's another uh, there's there's two signs i think there's the first of all that sign of confidence yeah i don't think that uh big retailers would come to a market like this uh you know that that, their timing is of their choosing and and they're they're confident of the market and secondly and i've said this before it just means we're on the radar you know and and look some of these big retailers around the world yes they're expanding they're growing they want to be in more and more places but you know, little old Perth, getting something like Zara and, and some of the others that have come yes, here and are yes. coming here, it's still, you know, it just it just means we've got on their radar. And, and mostly what's got on their, uh, us on their radar is the is the growth that's occurred here. You yeah, know? or was it also because there aren't that many places that aren't on the radar anymore? Almost everyone well, has been sort of snapped up. Th- well, there's a bit of that, but, uh, you know, relatively speaking, we're a small, we're a small um, city, Outpost. you know, yeah. But, but we've got high per capita income and yes. that's what they want. And we're not, it's not easy to go shopping across the road here, you know, we're not close to anything else. So I think that does make us stand out a little bit. Yeah. Um, And the the, the King Square retail uh, development is going to change the city in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, well, so sorry, Zara's gone into Buragoon. So I think that's one of the odd things that they've actually gone outside the city um, ahead of, and they do have plans. So presumably Garden City, you're talking about. That's right, yeah, yeah, sorry. And and the Garden City shopping centre there. And then then they've also got plans for Murray Street. And so I think this is also interesting that they're going into the city as well. There's a couple of others. I think Topshop are into the city already. They're just developing it at the moment. And then, as you mentioned, we've got this King Square development going down where the old entertainment centre was and next to Perth Arena and they're putting in a new bus station and yeah. sinking the railway line. And there's four towers, I think, going up there at the moment. And, I mean, I, even I'm amazed. I walked past the other day and went, gee, there's a lot of building has taken place already. So what we're seeing there now is is not just office. is a new retail precinct going mm. on. Mm. And what we're sort of – what we're thinking and what is – being stated is a there's already quite a bit of retail being signed up in there yeah so they're getting in ahead there's a lot of business going in there but it's going to be a bit of a thoroughfare it's breaking this east west yeah, nexus yeah. of the city and yeah. creating a north south lineup that gets us into Northbridge, um and that will open up not just that new retail space for king square but it also gives 
places like Rain Square and, and 140 William and those areas a bit of life, I think, because they've struggled. I don't think they've really made it in the first instance, and I think yeah. this this new traffic will change things, and that's what some of the guys... And how said. interesting it will be as well when we open up down at the water as well. The, the city's going to be quite spread, isn't it? It, it, it? It's certainly not going to be focused in one area. There's going to be interest everywhere. Mark. Yeah, look, uh, look from a CBD perspective, um, yeah, it'll be a challenge, I think we've talked about this theme before, to fill all those spaces. That's right. Um, at least in a more timely With manner. With a population, I mean, it's not a London after all, is it? That's right. Um, yeah, we're still growing, but the, the, the growth rate, in fact, there were some population stats out during the week. So we're still growing faster than other states, yeah. but it's, we've come off the highs. Um, but look, yeah, we love a bit of competition. And so there's going to be competition across the CBD for these different retail precincts. We've yeah. already got that, and there's more of it. But the other thing too, uh, what's tied in with Zara moving to Garden City is that they're about to kick off something like a $400 million expansion. So there's some big investment going into yeah. big suburban shopping centres, and there's more of it on the way because historically there's been restrictions on the size of big shopping centres in suburban Perth. A lot of those restrictions have been taken off. So we haven't never had the, the, the suburban centres of the same scale as the other big cities around the country. Yeah. Um, the landlords are now saying, OK, we've got a chance to expand um, and, and there'll be a wave of these. So, you know, big changes yeah. across the spectrum. And then, of course, that is tied in with uh, the more liberal retail trading hours. But, yeah, well, we can go further there as well. Let's just talk about that because one of the the uh, big stories again of this week, Kmart looking to, to, to go 24 hours. Goodness knows why. But, you know, if you want to go to Kmart at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, so be it. You can do it in Bunbury. Is that right? That's right. Kmart is – I mean, this is happening in other states. You get the urge at 3 o'clock. I must, I must well, go to Kmart. I don't think I would. But, but like we said, <laughs> if there are people out there that want to do it yeah. and if there are businesses that want to open at that time, well – why hold them back? Well, there are Why? a lot of people who work shifts, aren't there, at, at yeah. the end of the day. And if that sits well with, with their shopping pattern, then, then probably let's meet the need. And clearly it's a business model that works in other jurisdictions. Yeah. So why should we be any different? You're listening to uh, Business News Background as we look at some of the news of the week and also some of the stories uh, from ne from next week's paper. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital. Let's look at uh, something which is interesting uh, that's come out this week, Mark Panel, the, the rich list. Mm. And again, I know you always scour this to see whether you've got any rich friends, because I know you're not going to be on it, but uh, uh, any interesting developments in that respect? Um, look, I... From what I've seen, it's not a there's not a massive amount of change. I think this is the consolidation. I really think we are seeing a bit of post boom, yeah. you know, consolidation. Um, Gina Reinhart, number one again, um, by a fairly long way, I might add. She's sort of more than double the next best, which is Anthony Pratt and his family. She's on twenty billion. She's come down a lazy two billion in that time. But I have to say, you know, you have to actually look at the last year and go. In some ways, her fortune's more solid um, mm. because Roy Hill has, yeah, you know, forty-five percent right. complete now. It's really stepped stepped up to the mark. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty interesting one. And then the next largest West Australian is uh, Andrew Forrest, um, nearly six billion. 
um, he's actually up, so he's had a good year. Yeah. Um, you know, all mainly based on FMG's uh, yes. share price, of course. I, I love the way they get these figures. I mean, I, I just wonder how accurate they are. It's not to say you have access to some of these figures in their bank accounts. True, but at least with Andrew Forrest, the fortune is mainly based on the share price. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that is that's a pretty yeah. that's a he's pretty easy. good indicator. And yeah. then I guess what they do is they just look at for for Gina Reinhardt, they look at the project and and work out its estimated value is going to be fifty five million tons. Yeah. A year, yeah. blah blah blah. What would that be worth in comparison? So, yeah, yeah. And, and the other, the other one worth mentioning, I think, is Dan Perrin. Um, at, they've got him here at two point seven billion. Um, shopping centres, Toyota franchise. We had a piece a couple of weeks ago, the Toyota Land Cruiser Index. We should have had one for years, I think, but uh, Land Cruisers are suddenly dropping in sales. He's been making a fortune on the on the boom because mm. just about every mine site up has in the north several. has Land Cruisers running around. Um, Toyota, the top-selling car, and shopping centres, and, you know, Mark's just explained where shopping centres are going to. So, you know, it's a... He, he's an interesting character, mm. so he's up just slightly. It, it, it does amaze me as well when you look at these figures, how many are, are in the billions? We're not talking millions anymore, we're talking no. billions. But I do have a theory on that, and, and you know, a billion's a nice number, and, it, and 30 years ago a millionaire was someone extraordinary, yeah, right. but of course, you know, CPI catches up, and, yeah. and all, all these billionaires... 30 years ago would yeah. have been, you know, close to half billionaires. So we we kind of have this number of billion in our in our heads. It's an exciting number. Mm. But, you know, and, of course, if you're in Zimbabwe or something like that, billionaires yes. are every, on every penny. corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, in a few years we'll be talking trillions, which, which is even more worrying. Correct. Let, let's look at something for next week because I think this is a, a, a key story. And, again, historical interest in this. Um, Mark Bayer, you've been looking at this. This is the Nook and Bar story. And, 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 and the traditional owners talking now about, you know, offering the opportunity for drilling for gas, um, which, of course, historically there's always been that sort of reticence now total change but then with that of course comes all the friction yep yep look we had the first installment on this in last week's edition of the paper when we had a, a survey on all of the companies operating in the onshore oil and gas sector and looking at the drilling programs that they're planning um, and one area that's a big focus is up in the Kimberley what they call the Canning Basin um, there's is huge potential up there um, with the uh, underground gas uh, deposits um, there's a handful of companies that have been active up there. Um, at the front of them is Buru Energy. You know, they've brought in some very impressive joint venture partners, including Mitsubishi. Um, they've been working away at this for, for many years. Um, they've got a small oil field that's producing, but the big potential is the, what they call the tight gas. And to get the tight gas, you need to do what we call fracking, hydraulic fracturing. Uh, which has been controversial around the world. Um, now, it, it's been frustrating for a company like Buru because they've gone through an exhaustive and very careful process. Uh, the Environmental Protection Authority has looked at what they're doing. Um, the Department of Mines and Petroleum have looked at what they're doing. And they've got ticks from everybody. And then um, the other had what they considered to be a landmark agreement during the week. They announced that the Nunkenbar community had uh, endorsed their program. Um, and that was really fascinating from a historical perspective because back in 1980, uh, the Bar cattle station was at the centre of a huge land rights dispute. Um, there was an American company called Amax that wanted to drill for oil. Um, the Aboriginal community was opposed to it at the time. And uh, the Premier of the day, uh, the late Sir Charles Court, um, he, in his uh, um, unique way, um, 
barge through. There was a, a convoy of police vehicles and drilling vehicles that went onto that cattle station. Uh, but look, times have moved on. That community is now supportive. And yet, um, I had a fascinating discussion with Wayne Bergman. He's a, one of the leaders of the Kimberley Aboriginal community, um, used to head the Kimberley Land Council. And, and this is a guy who is often pro-development. He was the guy that did the James Price Point deal, yeah. um, which was going to bring a lot of money into the Aboriginal communities up there. He's come out and fired a broadside at Buru Energy and at Mitsubishi and said they don't have a social licence to operate. They've jumped the gun. Um, he said his phone has been ringing hot since the announcement came out about the Nunkanbar Agreement. So, you know, it just shows that this whole issue around fracking and resource development in, in a region that yeah. hasn't had a lot of development, um, you know, it's, it's a really contentious issue and it's, it's proving to be very divisive. Mm. And continues to. Um, it'll be interesting to see where that, that one goes. Um, it, as you say, it's so divisive, the, the fracking story. And one of the issues that um, in WA, it's going to take a sea change, isn't it, in sort of mindset? Yeah, look, I think one of the issues is that there are some parts of the world where clearly it has caused problems. Yeah, um, and that's tainted everything. That's tainted everything. Often it's the, what's the, the coal seam gas where the drilling is relatively shallow yeah. and you've had an adverse impact on the environment and on the water. Um, this is actually very different. I mean, these people are drilling two or three kilometres below the ground. It's very deep into tight gas. Yeah. But yeah, the problem is a lot of that detail gets lost well, the in the emotive debate. Mm. That's right. It, that, that, and I'm sure that will be the case until the communication starts to improve a little and uh, people are swayed. Gentlemen, I think um, it's an interesting week. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it for, for now. Uh, another edition of uh, Business News Background for you, same time uh, next week. And uh, you can get yourselves into the rich list uh, this time next year. The two marks, I'm sure, will be working hard on that. Thanks so much for your time. You've been listening to a podcast of Business News Background, brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. For more information, go to the website businessnews.com.au.